2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: This is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Tyra! Yeah! Uh, All right. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay.
2: All right. Come on. Get fired up, man. That's how it's done. Like, lift one of those
0: tires. I'll flip the tire from Tire Rack.
2: You guys ever flip tires as a workout?
0: Yeah, yeah. Does it work? My wife did it. I couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) What do you mean? We
0: were at CrossFit. She was a CrossFitter, and they had to do that big old tire, and I thought I could do it, just step to it and do it. And there was a whole lot more. Of technique and, and muscle training that, that needed to take place on my behalf to get it. <laughs> my back was like, uh, um, you really think we're going to do this? <laughs> you better remove yourself from under this tire.
3: I'm not really going to do this. You're, uh, your, your back had a conversation with you. It was like, oh, no, sir. Yeah, no, sir.
0: My, uh, very quickly. It was like, <laughs> listen, if you want to make pain for me, I'm going to make pain for you. So that's.
3: I would love to hear, does your
0: body have a conversation with you every day, like a different body part? Like my elbow and my hip is having a conversation right, with me right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's what's your elbow saying? My elbow is 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 not not happy with me right now, and my hip is just kind of like, I don't know why you decided to sleep this way, but <laughs> I didn't like it either. My, my elbow is sitting here telling me that if if you don't ice me soon, I'm I'm going to give you more pain. So you better make a good good decision on this one. So, yeah, so, I'm yeah. just
3: picturing your elbow with like someone drawing a face on it and talking to you. I don't. I don't know.
2: What's <laughs> like that? Some every, people do it as a kid. Yeah, like a hand puppet. Yeah, yeah know, like, you like you hand puppet. Like exactly. exactly. Yeah. You drop, you drop every me, once in a
0: while, I can see the face on my body parts looking at me like, "Are you being serious?" Oh, <laughs> let's, man. Get, let's get real here. Well, Like, that was 30 years ago that you, in your mind, what you were thinking you could do, you actually could do it. Like, just stop. And
2: can you guys already think long-term what you're going to need fixed? Like, years from now, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need, like, whether it's a knee replacement, whether it's uh, another back surgery, Brady, whether it's... Can oh, you yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you've already identified this is, this is yeah, going to be back, something else. I mean, yeah.
3: back, knee, I've got to have a, um, probably eventually my, my right hip. It hasn't been an issue of, of late, but there's... Got some issues going on now. I I, I literally cannot tell whether or not this is going to sound so bad. I can't believe I'm saying this. If I have a hernia or not, like, I feel like I might have a hernia. <laughs>
0: like, direct?
3: <laughs> yeah, because, like, it's, it's been for so long, and I and I think I did it while lifting. And I'm trying, I'm like, I haven't gone to the doctor or anything to figure it out because I keep thinking, like, ah, if I don't do certain things, this doesn't hurt. But it's been pretty constant now for about six months. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> do, you see,
0: do, do you see something that
3: kind of like, like popping improves? out? Like, I, I kind of, not really. I, I don't know. That's why I've kind of like laid off of do anything about it, but I've—it's I've, been—I've been in pain. I haven't been able to do certain, like
0: certain uh, lifting exercises because of it. I had terminal hernia, didn't know it. So for all these the years, I had it, and then it was grown. I had it from birth. Oh, and, and gotcha. it was just gra- It was just accumulating Jesus. scar tissue. And by the time I got to my freshman year of college, my my sophomore year, which is arguably well, no, it's really not. But that was when I won Defense Player of the Year. But in, in the ten, same. But every single time I touched the ground, it felt same. like somebody was blowing a blowtorch across my pelvis <laughs> every
3: really? single time. You
0: know, there's every a place time. in D.C. You, you can have that done to you if you want. You got to pay oh. for it. <laughs> oh,
2: <wow>. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure.
0: Hey, when they removed the scar tissue from my my um. My area, of place that they that I'll leave nameless for radio because I don't want it to sound inappropriate. Your crotch. They, it, it. You can say your my groin. groin. Okay. Yeah, my, you can say my groin. Downstairs um, bathroom. I
3: mean, that's the, the thing. That's where your
0: your hernias usually are, right? Right. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, this was in, in, in um in the, um, the nether region. It. it yeah. It, it matches with the South um, Pole. It matches with your uh, ain't. No. No. Ah. No. And, and, your, and your pack. Oh, they removed it from your pack, but it rhymes with your pack. Just added gotcha. that. Gotcha, gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha. And, gotcha, and gotcha, so gotcha. they said it was like Who? the size of like a tennis ball. Oh, gosh. tissue. That's how long it had been building up. It was like sat in You were neighbor. carrying
3: that around in there the whole time? By for all way, that time.
2: Hey, by the way, I'd kill for that comp, let me tell you. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Yeah, at
3: least oh, at least oh you can claim God. some sort of size there <laughs>
2: <laughs> it <guess. laughs> fall please uh, take what you can get um yeah. i uh,
0: now, felt so relieved
2: uh, here's I have a question though brady if it's not a hernia what else could it be I don't know it's
3: a good question like, I really haven't you know it hasn't been uh that big of an issue for me to go get checked out but <laughs> To answer your initial question, yes, there are some things that that one might <laughs> right. be the way to off into the
0: details of this. Because yeah. I think Lamar
2: yeah. and I talked about this. There's a, an episode of Deadliest Catch where a guy gets an instant hernia trying to pick up a, a, one of the crab crates or whatever they call them, the baskets. Dumb joints and joints
0: shoot right through and your wall. It
2: felt, felt a pain, and they showed it on camera. It literally was a golf ball protruding out of his skin, and it was yeah. all black and blue instantly. Oh, Just man. like the, yeah, it was disgusting. Oh.
0: Uh, disgusting but it's your muscle it it, it, it comes through yeah like yeah, it comes oh, yeah. through like it's like through your your wall or whatever Wow. Well, so, hey eh. i wonder if they still do the same procedure for direct because then they got like they have to insert like a mesh so that that you know whatever was that was protruding doesn't protrude through anyway i don't well,
2: know it's like I mean. scooping out goldfish yeah same exact thing
0: yeah yeah Ew. I
2: mean, fish well i'm just saying well, that why, why not you know? salmon
0: or, that is <laughs> that's true you know hey skippy why not
2: guppy? <laughs> Sorry, I was projecting there. That's, oh, that's okay. my fault. Uh, but you are right on the on the last one there. All right, it is yeah. uh, two pros to Cup of Joe. Uh, speaking of injuries here, uh, Sorry, you guys, you guys, you guys want to hear, you guys want to hear uh, the status of one Tua Tug of Iloa. Uh, He is still in the concussion protocol. The Dolphins are uh, looking around uh, who's going to start for quor- at quarterback for them this week, and so Mike McDaniel, the head coach, updated the media on the status of Tua and where they're going in what direction at quarterback?
3: When talking about this week and playing, I I don't see him being active and I'm not gonna, I I do not plan to have him play. This whole um, process is a little tricky and today he's just getting back to playing football for the first time in two weeks. Uh, You know, again, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself.
2: and. Um, think about the Z component. I'm worried about A, and A is getting him on the field and having him throw a football and being around his teammates. That's what today's step is. Man, the outlook on this team is a lot different than it was three weeks ago, huh? Like, <laughs> they were the talk of the NFL, and now they're scrambling with Skyler uh, Thompson as their quarterback going into this week's game. So
3: I, I, I was going to say, like, this is one of those teams that, with the way they started and the way they were going – I mean, you, you could have maybe said they were going to be able to compete with Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like. And I mean, but by, by, by the time Tua gets back, which obviously isn't this week, and, you know, you you'd, you'd have to make the case they have the, uh, the Vikings coming at home. It, that's probably an L. The Vikings are playing really good football right now. That's, that's three in a row. So I just – it's crazy to think that this is a team that after they beat Buffalo – I'm looking at going, that team is maybe as, as good as there is right now in the AFC. And then now the past three weeks, you see their defense has gotten exposed. They have not been as good as I thought they were going to be. I think they're having a hard time matching up with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen this week. They haven't been able to stop the run overly well, which kind of was an issue. Their offensive line had some problems, which you know only got more exposed once Tua was out. And outside of some of the big passing plays to Tyreek Kill and Jalen waddle like that 's not there anymore if you don 't have a quarterback that can get them to the football so it it's it 's all of a, all of a sudden become a hey, this is a three and team that could be competing for the conference to now three weeks later going i don 't know what to expect i mean they they do have an easy slate of their schedule coming in starting week seven, so you 'd assume like pittsburgh right if that 's at home. We'll see if T.J. Watt's back. You know how Kenny Pickett's playing. Then you go at Detroit, at Chicago, then to Cleveland before the bye. You do have a series of games that they should win, and they should get back on top here. But this is one where I look at it and go, hey, man, Minnesota minus three last time I checked, minus three and a half. I'll, I'll lay those points. Like that, That's money in the bank right there to me.
0: I just wonder if – I, and I'm sure I'm asking the same question that I guess most laymen are are probably wondering and asking are they doing this because they they dropped the ball into it the first time like there's probably the possibility or the chance that if what happens what happened didn't happen within the Bengals game you know or excuse me the game before well I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Put it to you like this. If they had handled the first one properly, right. I just wonder. They wouldn't be in this position. Because now you. you I just wonder how long are they going to take before. Because you got to be looking at Tua like, yeah, he looks good. He's moving well. He sounds good. Everything is good. But the moment he gets touched we're going to be in the same situation that we were in before and the one thing you probably just don't want to have to deal with which now becomes the big i mean how big of a headache is it if Tua suffers another concussion like and that might big headache yeah. yeah Well, for, for certain yeah uh, I, I just i just w- would be curious to know how paranoid the medical staff is and how I mean maybe maybe the coach isn't so much because it doesn't fall on him, but as you guys have mentioned, his season that started so well that had him being lauded, he could have possibly been up for Coach of the year with the way the team was playing, He's- and if they continued on that trajectory.
2: He even said, Mike McDaniel said yesterday that there's a there's a real possibility Tua could be cleared uh, of his concussion protocol, could clear everything this week, but he still would not put him in that spot to play this week. So even though he would clear it, he doesn't feel like it would be which fair is, to him.
0: Which is that is based off of the reaction of what happened in the second one, because let's be clear, he didn't he his way of talking about it and handling it with the media is totally different now after. After the second one like the first one is like look i trust my staff da 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 i'm not a doctor they cleared them so i played them
2: how would you guys feel as players if you were cleared of the concussion protocol but your coach said i'm still not sending you in even though you cleared everything i'm not comfortable with it not sending uh, you,
3: you'd you in. You'd have a one-on-one conversation with your coach and you'd have to understand where he's coming from and why he'd say that i i think for me i i just look at him and say look it's you know, it's it's my body. I ultimately understand what I can and cannot endure, and what I want to put myself through. And I, I want to go play. And if something happens again, we can have that conversation. But you know, let's. I, I'm going to be more mindful of getting rid of the football. You know, when when something's not there, and living to play another down. Like that, that is something that I, I can't remember which quarterback coach said it at one point, but. It's real, man. Like as a quarterback, it's real. You, you, you're. I don't want to say you're always defenseless out there, but you are not a player uh, who's out there headhunting. You know, you are the hunted always. And so there is a certain idea of live to play another down. You know, like is is this team? Are the Dolphins better off with you knocked out for a couple weeks because you scrambled around and made a big play one of these times? But the next week you try doing it, you get knocked out with a concussion or you get hurt. Or are they better off with you, hey, throwing it incomplete, moving on to the next play, maybe you pump but the next series you're back and you, you do throw a bomb for a touchdown? Like you, you kind of you get to an older you know, part of your your career. and I think you see older guys do that when they learn how to play from the pocket. And yeah, you know they might have some three and outs and they might throw some footballs away, but if you look at the durability and how long they're playing and how long they last, like, that's the key to it. Like, that's how that game is won and lost. I mean, look at how much protection these quarterbacks are getting right now with the roughing the passer rule and the play on Derek Carr. Like, why would you ever want to leave the pocket? And in both those instances for Tua, he was outside the pocket. And some of it was by design, by the play. But, you know, you can make the case
0: he's holding on to the football a little too long. You got to so assume I, that I, this I think is that's it. part of it. You gotta assume if he gets another concussion, like within the time frame of him coming back, that's it. Like he's not coming back for, they're not going to put him back out there for the rest of the season. I'll tell you this much though, like after this week, they have a four game stretch. They could win all four of those, so they
3: could be like seven and three going into the bye if they get on a roll. And maybe you know they'll have Houston coming out of the bye that that gets them to eight and three. Then they've got a ridiculous finish. It's I think four of the last six on the road (laughs) at San Fran, at LA, at Buffalo. They don't they they basically leave for Thanksgiving and then Daddy doesn't come back until Christmas (laughs) until they play Green Bay. Like seriously, like that that's their that's their schedule. And then they come back to host Green Bay. Then you're at New England, then you finish with the New York Jets,
2: and those are some long trips too. They're at at San Fran, and the so they would probably They'll stay. probably stay, yeah. yeah. Um, They'll probably stay
3: on the West Coast. Yeah,
2: that's uh, all right. So this is uh, we get to watch this whole thing play out, and then Skylar Thompson, who was the talk of the preseason, he was the uh, the preseason MVP. If you uh, anybody that watched preseason football, uh, he's for the
3: get, Dolphins. The, you could have said that, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah he was the he uh, great. Uh, everybody was raving about him. And uh, to your point, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, the line for this game, according to Draft kings minnesota still in a three and a half point favorite at miami yeah. this sunday yeah. Yeah. so uh, our friends uh, listening you,
3: you, oh. yeah you know what i'm gonna do right now What's that? i'm gonna go drop the hammer yes oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah the north hills hammer. Oh, yeah. oh yeah drop three it. and a half to watch yeah. the vikings come in here and roll oh man yeah. i'm telling you come wait, on wait Stiggs. real quick should that number be a little higher <laughs> That's the that bothers me. I'm like, oh, it's
2: uh, yeah, it's a little little disturbing. It feels like they know something. Like, uh, although, oh, look, are you going the other side? Well, are you no, on the other side of just, this one? look. I'm not trying to. I, I think it's good news for our friends listening on uh, the yellow of the Twin Cities on K Fan. I think you're oh, gonna is that, pick is up that not a blowtorch? Win. Yeah, it's not. It's a yellow It's not. not a, yeah. a blowtorch. Yeah, it's a it's a yellow oh. You know, they they it's skull. You know, hashtag skull. Skull and uh, and oh. I feel like you know this is, could be a little bit of a trap situation. You know, maybe. Maybe. I mean, because I was, game. Well, I'm just surprised that this line is not more, you know, like I I, they're out there down there to, to their third string quarterback. A guy, who, what is seventh round draft pick, traffic? You know
3: what they have after this week for Minnesota, right? What's that? They have a buy.
2: Okay. Like, a what,
3: what, 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 trap for what? Like what else are they looking forward oh, to?
2: OK, well, listen, you know, Kirk Cousins in South Beach is a is a problem.
3: Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins at 1 p.m. is a problem for for defenses.
2: I mean, I'm just saying the South Beach 1 p.m. is a little different.
3: All right, we're on opposite sides here, Lee. Lee, let's keep track Uh, of this. All right, Lee, he's got Miami. All right, plus three and a half. I'll take Minnesota, uh, minus
2: three and a half. Can I buy points? No. Okay. You're at three and a half, pal. All right. You can't tease anything. You are exactly where you stand right now, making this bet. All right, three and a half. It's a it's a place I'm familiar with. All right, it is two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by. (laughs) Jeez. Feel bad. We do want to welcome everybody back to the Fox Sports Radio tailgate, which is appropriate because this guy is so into tailgates. He's actually getting out of his car right now because he's going to throw on a tailgate. And it's presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own, backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery, BigGreenEgg.com. Senior NFL reporter Albert Breer. At the that MMQB. Albert, we've had a lot of people, a lot of J-offs who have made comments about wow. the, the beeping in the car. It doesn't bother us. Yep. We accept you for who you are, and we that's refuse right. to let any slander of, on, upon your name on this show. It's not well, happening here. I, I, I didn't co-sign that well, statement, it's, it's, Albert.
4: By the, by the way, Jonas, was. I, I jumped in, in the middle of that Like last segment. Was uh, was Brady talking about your personal workouts there, pushing six, 700 pounds?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that's a warm-up. You know, I mean, you know how we do it. Yeah, out that's here. what he Come calf on. raises, actually. Yeah.
4: So. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. If it, I I, I turn the I turn the car off. So if the Tahoe starts beeping. Now we really got problems.
2: <laughs> it's uh, well, you know. Listen, there's there's a worse. It's that time of year, man. There. It could be an
3: evil spirit for all we know. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, could be. More and and more and more not even a friendly one, not like the show, apparently. Yeah, well, I mean, well he does. that's not surprising.
2: Um, hey, Albert, what maybe
0: the ghost doesn't like you, Albert? Jeez. Oh, wow, <laughs> well, He, only, he you guys, always shows
3: up
4: when I'm on the show. Hey, so. hey, hey, you two, you
3: guys have a game here in a couple of weeks. Let's yeah. just Get sit her that's her down
2: and why I'm getting warmed up, I'm getting warmed up. Let's play nice. Um, Albert, speaking of playing nice, are we gonna see any change with this roughing the passer mumbo jumbo that? gone on it's the latest drama in the nfl what what do you expect to happen if anything when it comes to the drama surrounding some of these bad calls
4: well i think we all know the nfl has rabbit ears when it comes to these sorts of things and i i i think a part of it is an overcorrection from the tua thing and it wouldn't surprise me you know if you know the officials were told not to let anything go when it comes to hits on quarterbacks and you know, we saw the way they handled head injuries that first weekend um, after the Tua thing where, you know, there were 15 games and there was only one player who was evaluated for a head injury who went back into a game. I think I mentioned that to you guys last week. That's Justin Reeves and the Chiefs. So, um, yeah, I think part of it is a reaction to that. You know, and I, I, I think the other issue is I don't think the officials know what to call, you know, in these situations. And I and, you know, I, I think, you know, this is just my feeling on it. The technology exists where you can correct this stuff in real time. And, um, you know, I, I I can think back to a situation. You guys remember the um, the hit Mason Rudolph took from Earl Thomas a few years back in that Steelers-Ravens game, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, okay, so um, you don't have to follow me here, but it's a story worth telling in this situation. They, um, you know, like so – that the, the hit happens, and if you got, if you guys had, if you had the broadcast, you can go back and look at it. You can see when the when CBS went to break there, there was no flag on the ground. There were trainers out in the field looking at Mason Rudolph. They come back from break, and there is a flag on the ground. Well, what happened during the commercial break, which nobody saw, was the ref suddenly dropped a flag, and so John Harbaugh went over to the officials and said, "Well, what happened? You know, like how come? How are you dropping a flag two minutes after the play?" And the official said to John Harbaugh, well, you know, they called down from the booth and they said it was a high hit. And John's response was, oh, you mean like a sky judge, you know, because he'd been an advocate for the sky judge. The reason I'm telling that story here is because in that situation, the officials used the technology that was available to them. Right. And. I just don't know why, in a situation like we had Monday night um, in the Chiefs uh, in the Chiefs Raiders game, a situation we had on Sunday in the Falcons Bucks game, why someone in New York couldn't buzz down in New York, buzz down onto the field and say take up the flag. And I think what people at the league office would tell you is, well, you know that could create a bad situation on the field where you know we have officials picking up flags. And now you you have you know the, the crowd going nuts and you have the coaches upset. And I would just answer to that, well, you know, if the ref made a mistake, then he needs to be accountable for it. Right. And if he gets booed out of the building or the coach gets in his face, well, you know, then, then good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, the idea here should be to get the call right. And, um, you know, I, in, the, in, the, in the Chiefs game, we're obviously talking about points on the board. In the Falcons' bucks game, we could be talking about the outcome of the game. So I just wish, and I've always felt this way, when the technology is available to you to make these decisions in real time, and I'm not even talking about reviewing it, but when the right. technology is available to make these decisions in, in real time, use that technology to get the, the call right.
3: It's crazy, Albert. It's almost like at, at, at another level of football, they do something similar to this. It, it's a little weird. It's like, maybe maybe we could just implement what college football has already done. I mean, right. they have this, in particular, in player safety calls, targeting is, is their catchphrase there, but... That's essentially what we're talking about is a player safety issue and how they're trying to go about governing all of this. Let me ask you this. Why does common sense not prevail in this case? Like, why is it so hard for the NFL to look at it and go, all right, like clearly this rule, we didn't take into account a play like what we would see with Chris Jones and Derek Carr. Uh, we, we've got to maybe write something additionally to the rule, or we've got to look at that and say, Okay. If the defender then strip, sack, you know, strip sacks the quarterback, he's no longer a passer anymore. Even though he's in the pocket, it doesn't matter. Right. And so at this point, like we, we have to start looking out for the integrity of the game and not just make rules to try to protect quarterbacks, which they already do probably more so than ever before in the history of this
4: game. Brady, my feeling is you just – in the NFL, you have too many hands in the pot. You know? So you have lawyers telling you that you got to be careful about anything involving concussions. You've got the networks telling you that they want the games to be moving along and they want the games done in three hours and 15 minutes. You've got the referees union not wanting to be embarrassed on the field. Um, you've just got so many hands in the pot in these things. And I think that's honestly how these things get bastardized, where the league just decides in a lot of, a, a lot of times in these situations, let's just do as little as possible because – that's going to get us in the least trouble, you know? And, you know, I wish it wasn't that way because I do think that there are common sense solutions to a lot of these things. And like you said, in college, like why not have it automatic? Why not have like the booth automatically be a part of the decision-making process? And this is the whole thing with the sky judge. I mean, you had no less than authority. You had no less than authority than Andy Reed leading the charge on the sky judge. And they still couldn't get it done. And why? Well, because the official on the field is the guy in charge. Well, why does it have to be that way? If he's wrong, wouldn't he want to have somebody upstairs as a second set of eyes for him? Uh, so much of it makes no sense to me. And I, again, like the technology is in place. And you know what? Like maybe this isn't the way it was 30 years ago. But you know what else? That technology didn't exist 30 years ago. They couldn't call up to the booth. They couldn't call to New York. They couldn't do those things. The technology wasn't there for them to do those sorts of things back then, it's there for you now. I just – I'm with you. I, I don't understand why they don't use it.
0: Do you think that these penalties being called the way they're being called is is kind of a the result of what happened to Tua? And, and they're talking about Tua is set to clear concussion protocols. Yeah. But let's be clear here, A.B. If he comes back and he gets – what would be considered, I mean, some would say second, but most that paid attention would say his third concussion in so many weeks of, of playing football. Uh, is, I mean, how bad of a look is this? And and is this – we know that the NFL is, you know, reactive towards anything that could be, um, you know, bad for the brand.
4: Yeah, I, I think Levar. There's, there's no question that um, that's a huge part of why they're being slower and more deliberate than Tua. Than I think they've been with almost any player I can remember. You know, um, it's rare that like a team would put a player out on the practice field on Wednesday, which you know the, the Dolphins did yesterday, and immediately say he's not playing this week. You know, that's really rare. And I, I think they're trying to be transparent about it. I think they're trying to be deliberate about it. Um, you know, and I, I do think that there's some push and pull there between, you know, on one side, wanting to be careful, understanding the liability of putting a player out there, understanding the PR part of it uh, for the Dolphins, for the league. You know, and also, you know, the flip side, which is uh, like the guy's got a career that he's got to worry about, you know. And um, at some point, you um, the time's going to come for him to go back on the field. And how do you thread that needle properly where it's appropriate to put him back out there and let him do what he wants to do, which, you know, personally, I'm sure what Tua wants to do is go back out there and play football. So I think that's sort of where they are on that. And I, and I'd agree with you too, that like, I do think that they've been reactionary, which is the way the NFL always is. You know, when you have a league office that is, of PR guys and lawyers which is what the NFL league office is you're not going to be proactive you're going to be reactive and they have always operated this way where when something happens they will go very strongly um, you know in in, in reacting to it even if they did nothing to get ahead of it in the first place and so Mm -hmm. um, you know in this case I think it's going to be in this case I think you know at least for the next few weeks we're probably going to see hits on quarterbacks tightly called We're probably going to see teams being very, very careful as far as how they evaluate players, um, you know, for head injuries. I think the real impact of it isn't felt until we're, you know, four, six, eight weeks out from the Tua situation where people aren't talking about it anymore. That's when I think we'll know what the real impact of, of the situation was.
2: Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. So we had expected that this was a possibility that Matt Rule was going to be fired by Carolina. He does earlier this week after that bad-looking game and performance against the Niners over the weekend. Yep. Is there like I'm not saying that this would happen in season, but who is a coach or two that could run the risk if they go on and continue down the path they're going at possibly being an in-season firing as well too?
4: Um, I mean, I like there aren't any like really obvious ones right now. Um, you know, I, I I hesitate to say Ron. What Rivera. about Ron Rivera? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. I hesitate a little bit with that one, Brady, because if they play tonight, and if it looks bad tonight, after what happened with the quarterback, um, with his comments, you know, on on the quarterback situation and Carson Wentz, and um, you know, they continue to trend downward because obviously the momentum's going in the wrong direction there. And, you know, you, this certainly feels like the type of situation that could unravel quickly, and he is in year three, and generally, team play, uh, coaches don't get a fourth year um, if. There's three years of downward trending, which is the way it looks like we're going right now there. Here's the thing. The problem for me right now is, like, does the owner want to do that after how many bullets Rivera's taken for him? And, like, one of the main reasons they hired him was because of his, like, how he was able to sort of stand up in the face of so many things in Carolina, whether it was the Greg Hardy situation or um, the situation with the owner there like how he could be the face of the franchise through a lot of crappy stuff, right? And he's done that for them. Like he's been a very reputable face of the franchise as they've gone through the nickname change, as they've gone through um, you know, the workplace conduct scandal. Um, so, like, I, like this does feel like the type of situation where the, the coach would start to get to be on thin ice and you might be talking about mid-season hire, firing. The problem right now to, uh, with Rivera is, you know, that the organization's been through so much the last three years. He's stood in and take, taken the bullets for everybody for right. three years. And do you want to fire him despite it, everything that he's had to deal with just because the on-field product is in a little bit of a dip right now?
3: I, I think my thought was more, you know, is it a distraction technique by Danny Snyder? You know, is it yep. something where he feels yeah. like the heat and the spotlight's turning back on him again? And so then he makes a move that all of a sudden everyone goes, oh, well, you know, look who, you know, let's find out who the next head coach is of the Washington Commanders. And also, it seemed like the comment that he made about Wentz was so out of character. Like, Wentz right. is like top five in yards, top five in touchdown passes so far this year. I know he's throwing some picks, but he, he's not their biggest issue. So it was just surprising to see Ron Rivera act that
4: well. way. And it was a weird comment, too, when you consider, like, the Giants have – like, we were talking about the division, right? Like, so he was like, what's the difference between you and the rest of the division because they're three games back of the rest of the division? Well, okay, like, yeah, the Eagles – like, Jalen Hurts is playing really well. Understood, right? But then you have the Giants who declined the option on Daniel Jones on on his rookie deal. Um, And, like, I wouldn't say Daniel Jones came into the year in a better spot than Carson Wentz did, Right. And then the Cowboys are playing with a backup quarterback and are 4-0 with Cooper Rush. You know, so not only was it sort of out of character for Ron, it also, like, really wasn't correct, you know? Like, if you look at the rest of the division. And so, yeah, it was definitely a, a strange comment. And it, it does feel, in a way, a little bit like – like, you remember, like, the last couple of weeks, Rule has said, like, I don't want to talk about my future anymore. It's sort of like that's when you know when a guy's in trouble. It's like when they start to say things that are sort of like – whoa, that was interesting, you know. Um, and with Rivera, this sort of felt like that sort of comment. I would agree with that.
0: Um, my last one for you, let's just stick with the commanders. I mean, how bad can it get with this whole Dan Snyder thing? I mean, just when it and, – and listen, I think that we're now starting to confirm what everybody all, already knew is that – there's such a slippery slope when you get yep. into talking about the way removing Dan Snyder is going to be the scenario. How does this, I mean, he's going to take some people down with him. I mean, is are they going to be able to get out of the way is probably the better question. Or is Danny, are they going to be able to get him out without any casualties outside of him?
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a major part of it, LeVar. I mean, I like, you know, what sort of dirt does he have on the other on the 30 owners, the other 30 owners, obviously, excluding Green Bay? Um, what kind of dirt does he have in the league office? Because um, you know, this isn't a guy who I think is going to go down the way, like, Jerry, Jerry Richardson went down, right? Like, Jerry Richardson, for all the bad stuff he did – you know, he recognized. All right, it's my time to step aside. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna sell the team and I'm gonna save the NFL of having to go through the process of removing me. I'm gonna re- remove myself from the situation and walk away. Um, in the end, uh, Jerry Richardson had had a level of shame. You know, and I think that that was what caused him to walk away. I don't think Dan Snyder has much shame, <laughs> to be honest with you. And so, like I. I like I, I think this has sort of become one of those like I'm going to show them and like they can't they can't take this team away from me and um, you know it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's an owners meeting next week. There's another one in Dallas in December. This has come up over the last um, year or so um, at the, in these owners meetings is what to do about that franchise because if you really think about it, guys. I mean, LeVar Brady when when we were kids. Like, these guys, like, that that organization may not have been the Yankees, but they were far off. I, yeah. I mean, that was a proud and, – and I can't think of one person who's done more damage to an organization's brand in any sport than Dan Snyder's done wow. to that organization over the last 25 years. Yeah. And so they have a lot of things to talk about, you know, and I, and I think – but I think a big part of it, like you said, LeVar, is that guy knows where the bodies are buried – and if this is a guy who probably won't go quietly the way Jerry Richardson went quietly, and I think that's a major factor. I think the other one, of course, is like they don't want to set the precedent of taking teams away from um, from their from their peers. I, I like I think if they can help it, they'd like to kind of continue to turn the heat up on Snyder and get him to sell the team. Again, I think the fact that Snyder doesn't seem to have much shame probably gets in the way of that.
2: Get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Always kind enough to spend a few minutes with us here on a Thursday morning. Albert, we appreciate it, man. Let's do it again next week.
4: Hey, and Jonas, you don't have a – because the Buckeyes are on a bye. We don't have a random number to throw at me, right? Yeah, listen, I mean, these numbers,
2: they just pop into my head. I don't know where I come up with these, the last, halves and all that.
4: Last, last week was last week was a nail-biter when it came to that random number, oh, though. You know, I it's uh, it's too bad that to, – I mean, Ryan Day had, had too much sportsmanship at the end of that game, you know, so, like, it actually wound up becoming pretty close, hey. like, you know? Hey, Albert,
2: Albert, between you and I, O.H., I no. know. Damn right. No. Yeah, wow. That's how it is. Yeah. No. New Don't national ever title
0: favorites. do
2: say we favorites. are again, Jonah. Oh, come
0: on. It's... I can't. Did not ever say hey, we hey,
4: are LaVar, again. Hey, LaVar, you, LaVar, your guys have Brady's Wolverines this weekend. Don't
0: overlook that. My Wolverines.
2: My <laughs> Wolverines.
4: What are you talking about? <laughs> it's Wolverines. My Wolverines. You spent the, the, the first month of the season telling me how great they were. You're a Wolverine.
3: What are you talking about? I, we've just been following them for the past four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, guys have.
4: I mean, have. Do, you, I mean do, you, do you guys have like an apartment in Ann Arbor now? You guys are all over though.
3: Well, I bought real estate back there in 2005 when we beat their ass when they were top five. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yes. What happened? At, what happened? What happened at the end of that year, bro?
3: Oh, oh that's true. We we ran into an Ohio State team that got a nice controversial <laughs> call on Anthony Gonzalez fumble return for a touchdown. That that wasn't so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Look at that. Well, it is. I hate pros, that Ohio State you know, so good. Yeah. I, I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate ever. it for myself.
0: I hate it for everyone else that doesn't like Ohio State. I just I just hate that Ohio State so good. Yeah. yeah dude, we, I hate them.
2: we got some. Uh, we got some possible revenge. I hate Michigan
0: more though. A couple weeks. Well, Ohio State made me a, a a number one rated football player coming out in the draft, so I appreciate Ohio State way more than Michigan. <laughs>
2: so there it is, uh, it is uh, two pros and Did a cup of that, Joe.
0: Q? You see yeah. that yeah. cue? You? you see how I held this down? Yeah. You see how I held this down?
1: Letting everybody yeah. know. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern.
2: talk about listen to the book of joe podcast on the iheart radio app on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts com slash sports tire the way tire buying should be. Scott, what a coincidence. The Washington Commandos are in prime time later on tonight. Take it on the Chicago Bears. All right. A a matchup of bad football teams. All right. And uh and wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden A long article, a deep dive into the situation with Dan Snyder and those commandos pops up on ESPN.com a little while ago. This courtesy of Seth Wickersham, Don Van Notta Jr. and Tisha Thompson, who all got together. They put together this long, long discussion and article on Dan Snyder. And here are some of the bullet points uh, in this in this fun little deep dive that was done by ESPN that just coincidentally happened the morning of a primetime game featuring Washington and Dan Snyder that's not on ESPN. Weird how that works, but apparently uh, Dan Snyder has told uh, people close to him that he's gathered up enough secrets to, quote, blow up several NFL owners, the league office, and even Commissioner Roger Goodell. Quote, they can't F with me. Dan Dan Snyder said according to more than 30 owners, league and team executives lawyers and current and former commanders employees interviewed by ESPN, the fear of reprisal that Snyder has instilled in his franchise is poisoning it on the field and off, has expanded to some of his fellow owners multiple owners and league and team sources say they've been told that Snyder has instructed his law firms to hire private investigators to look into other owners. Apparently, they're looking at about six owners that he's got quote-unquote dirt with. He's said to have a file on Jerry Jones as well, too. And so this goes back to the conversation that we had over the course of the summer during the offseason. Why is Dan Snyder still the owner of the Washington Commandos? And guess what? As we figured at that time when we were discussing this, LeVar Arrington, he knows not only where the bodies are buried, he knows exactly where the shovels are to dig them up. And thus, that is why apparently Dan Snyder is still the owner of your Washington Commandos there, LeVar.
0: That's a a deep rabbit hole. And, And now that it's becoming public domain, from him, direct from him. If this is all true, if these accounts are true, what do you what mean? If it's read? all true, I
3: mean we've yeah. got you here. Like you can, I mean, I, I feel like well, you and well, little Danny. I mean, you you know. I'm also, just saying. In terms also, he's got
2: of what dirt on. Reading, G- he's got dirt on Goodell allegedly. That's the other one sure. too.
0: It's it's a it's a credible source that you read from. Yes. So if if all of this is true in terms of what they reported that what he's saying, he's got it. Best believe he's got it. You know what it was, too? Because he had, what, a telecommunications company? That's how
3: he made his money, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He was probably that guy who early on was like, hey, guys, you know, sign up, use our services for this, this, and this. There's this new internet thing. And all these guys were like, oh, great. And then meanwhile, he's like, ha, 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 ha. I'm going to have all this data, all this information on all these guys, and I can use it at my disposal. By
2: the way, way, here's the thing. That's not that far-fetched. No, dude. I mean, that's how like, business works. Like, you know? This is so bad, man.
3: Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a Halloween theme, so I, I apologize. But it's all it's right, just...
0: does it now make Whoa. you? Does it now make you think about why all of those emails did not surface? Oh, it's you mean not... only the
3: ones where Gruden said something? It's yeah.
0: only about Gruden. And, yeah. and and maybe it touches here and there on maybe Bruce Allen and stuff like that. But the idea of it is is that it could incriminate other people. That's what I think. That's what I was thinking when they, they would not release the the other emails from the investigation that that was, you know, obviously surrounding, you know, John Gruden. I just don't think I, I think that there is a lot of validity to those accusations in terms of what dan snyder is saying if he's saying i got i got dirt on the commissioner i got dirt on jerry jones i got dirt i mean heck jerry jones just had a a, a baby a a, a, a child yeah. you know pop up you know they're old as hell but it, they they still popped up like that happens there's things that are. I mean, if you dig deep enough on people, I'm sure there you can find some. They say if you go looking for it, you'll generally you'll find it. So, but you know those guys run in different circles, um, and and they're around each other, and and they've certainly have had enough intimate moments and parties and gatherings and 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 private events where. You might have not even known that you had did something that would incriminate you. But there's somebody there that's paying attention, you know. So to me, I'm very interested because he's a very petty dude. Like he put his big lawyer team on this city paper, this small um, publication that did. You know, basically an article on why the Washington at the time, Redskins sucks so bad. And it was like from A to Z and he sued him like for like defamation of character or whatever it was. It was defaming. I don't know. But like he always he always responds or has historically responded um, in fight. He's not a flight dude. Like, if you're gonna give him some credit for something, he's a he's he's a douche, but he's a douche that stands in on being one. <laughs> he will fight. He's going to fight. So if he's saying he's got something, and he's hired private investigators and this, that, and the other. Um, that's it's true. Hey, man, they're trying to storm the castle.
3: He's gonna do whatever he can to to build that moat and, and try to you know hunker down, hunker in. We already saw him in on his yacht over in foreign country to evade congress i mean it's he's gonna put up a fight to your point like i I just i i think the tough thing too for other owners is if he has dirt on everyone else like what their concern is probably where this leads or what happens the next time there's an issue with ownership or something comes out in the public then if if dan Snyder loses his team that just makes it easier for any other owner to lose their team and I think that's probably the biggest concern is all of these guys realize they all probably have some skeletons in their closet. And whether Dan Snyder knows or someone else knows, once you start seeing this become a thing, you're going to see more and more owners start to lose control of their team. And none of them want that. I mean, I've said it before. Forget about the status of owning one of 32 or really 31 franchises because the Green Bay Packers is publicly owned. But imagine being one of that 31, right? And no matter how bad you are, as a businessman, you can't jack up owning an NFL team. Literally, you print money. You're a mint. You're like one of the U.S. mints just printing off dollars because as bad as your team can be, you can always sell hope and optimism for the next season with a draft. There's, there, this league is built for parity, and you can turn things around relatively quick. But you are making hundreds of millions of dollars Every single year, with the TV contracts, the sponsorships, the gambling revenue, the way the CBA is set up, so they're getting that greater share than what the players' union's getting. It's just the whole thing is set up to make money, and you could be awful and still make money. There's nowhere else, at least I can't think of one off the top of my head, where you can be really, really, really bad at your job and make hundreds of millions of dollars. It, there's just nowhere else we could it, find that.
2: It's like one of the details in this, and I remember seeing that this was quietly being done before a season a few years ago at FedEx Field in, in, uh, in Washington, that they went from 90,000 seats in the stadium, they've now reduced it down to 64,000. He's literally lost a third of his seating in the stadium because people won't go to the game, and still, to your point, is making hand over fist cash. He's lost thirty percent of his live audience and gate revenue in a dump. One of the worst stadium venues. Well, in-
0: technically, he didn't lose. He didn't lose it. It. Um, it was really, if if you were there, it was never there. I never saw you. You want to know when I saw a pack game at FedEx Field, where all the all the seats were taken, USC with Reggie Bush versus Virginia Tech. That's when I saw it.
3: They've had to have had some pack games since then, because you know, they've they've been like playing for the division and stuff.
0: Not, I've never seen it. Never seen it. I've never not playoffs. I've never seen really a not jam- playoff game. I've never seen a jam unless the other team traveled. Ne- Philadelphia takes over FedEx Field every single year.
4: Yeah. Pittsburgh well, yeah, Steelers see,
0: come yeah. in. They take over. Like, so you'll sell tickets. You'll see a lot of people if it's, if it's a team that they're playing that travels. Like You, you will hear chairs of the other team in your own stadium like you're at their stadium and and that's that's like I don't think that they've ever like they talked about the the waiting list and all that there was a waiting list when I first got drafted and it was like the waiting list was based off of certain seats like club seats this that and other they were in people's wills and all this other stuff and then you quickly found out that you know there's no waiting list for one. <laughs> right. For two, why is there a waiting list when you got all these vacant seats? Like there, there's there, there's plenty of seats. They were selling they were selling tickets like like second. You know. Uh, what next market or whatever that's called? Um, secondary market. Secondary yeah, for like market. for like one dollar.
2: Yeah, it's it's like when uh, $1. it's like when uh, Michigan a few years ago before Harbaugh got there, the the attendance was so bad. There was one week where they were giving away a pair of tickets if you bought like a two liter bottle of soda in the store.
0: And like, people you, didn't want them. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's the like, crazy thing. I'm trying to give you these tickets. Here, take these tickets. What, what I want them for? I just want the soda. So, yeah, I'm not right. interested
2: in the tickets. Yeah, it's uh I just I mean, they can they can do all this and do this deep dive all they want. I just like, at some point, what you, like your hands are tied, isn't it? Because if he's got this much dirt on people, like if he was going to be gone, wouldn't he already be gone? Like, there's been enough that's happened. Like, wouldn't he already be gone? And that's why I just think people are 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 wasting their time. Nothing's going to happen from this. He's not going to lose his team. It would take something catastrophic, and we've already seen multiple catastrophic things happen, and he's still there. And yeah, then, and then he's got the balls to go on the field after he's been dodging the subpoena on the yacht all off season, and take pictures with Jerry Jones in Dallas a, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, wow. the, the whole thing is uh, is phenomenal. Just what what entertainment
0: through and through. I there. wouldn't call it phenomenal. I it, that was like again, I had a wasted career. I don't even acknowledge my my pro career, man i don't I don't find it to be comical at all to be honest, the fact that within all of that the collateral damage that has taken place through the years are are us the employees like we we have to shoulder that i have to shoulder that was my career for the rest of my my i mean as any time I look back on my n f l career it's like I can look at every single level that I ever played at, and I had great success. And I did not have that that, that measure of success in the league. You went you went to three Pro Bowls. I, I don't think that's a knock not, on your career. No, it is.
2: If anything, I think it makes your career it, more impressive because you did that in spite of all the crap that was surrounding you.
0: Yeah, but you had to do it in spite of all of the crap surrounding us. There's so many there is such a long list and it's so it's so crazy 'cause it was like Champ knew, and he got the hell out of Dodge. Like, Champ was – they were trying to give him an extension. He was like, no, I'm out of here. Like, either y'all trade me or whatever it's going to be, but I'm not coming back here. I'm getting up out of here. Champ knew. He got up out. Like, some of us, like, you know, the John Jansons, the Chris Samuels, you know, guys that, that really, really were were – destined to be great and what they were able to do we we had to eat it because we always thought we could make it better like as a band of brothers we always thought we could make it better and then you start to realize the older you get right because now you're a grown man you these are probably things that you're you're oblivious to when you're in college and even in high school because there's a business to sport even in high school there's a business to sport definitely in college but you're kind of oblivious to it once you become a man and then you start looking at the business aspect of it, the way things are handled, the way people interact with one another, who's getting fired, who's getting hired, you know the tenure of of how much time somebody's there. there are so many many things that go into the culture of a building and and how that organization operates and it was just bad, man, it was just bad, and I was always saying it. And people were like, I'm disgruntled. Like, LeVar has an ax to grind. Lavar blames his career on on everything except himself and this, that, and the other. Like, it's not that I'm blaming something other than myself. I was just stating obvious facts that we were in a very, very toxic and dysfunctional environment. And you can't have success in a toxic, dysfunctional environment. And now, all of a sudden, like, I, I mean, it's crazy to think. You know, because I can't be the only player that's ever felt this way about the, the team organization they played for, but it's kind of ironic that the team that I played for, the franchise that I played for, and the owner, that to me is, that's who I have my, I have the biggest issue with the owner. I don't have the issue with the, with the, the organization as a whole. I don't have an issue at all. Nothing but love for the fans and for the players it's the owner that i dislike like on a very very high level on a very high level and you know what now it's it, it's it's it, it's all come out so i get a little bit of a reprieve i get a little bit of a reprieve because people if you thought it was something else now you know i was telling the truth i was not i was not fabricating i wasn't trying to do something to justify my career i i I don't find it to be entertaining or or comical or anything i found it to be very tragic sad and upsetting that that someone like that could have all the time and the latitude to ruin people's careers and in some cases you could possibly say ruin some people's lives like sad to say but very possible